here. Welcome to Life Me Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us again this week. And uh, we, yes, we find ourselves once again in our series called Desiring the Kingdom in chapter 13 of 1 Kings. I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, who's the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And if you missed our sermon, whitefieldschurch.com, you can get over there and you can download it. And definitely any of your favorite podcast arenas, whether that's Spotify, Apple Play or Google, Apple Music, Google Play, whatever plays you like to use, you can get over there, download it. Please share it. Uh, please like and subscribe if you like this video and just so we can get it out and get more people listening and being blessed by this content. But as I said, we're at first chapter, first Kings chapter 13. And uh, the title of the message was from false worship to true, true worship. But this, uh, this particular chapter, this chapter and the next chapter are, are have some really weird stories. And one of the stories here kind of leaves you scratching your head as to kind of like, how can this be fair? Where we look at this young prophet who's told not to eat or drink in, in anybody's house. And then this older prophet comes and says, hey, you know, I got this word from the, this angel and you're going to come and eat and drink with me. And then he says, well, gotcha. You know, you lie. I lied. And now you're going to go get killed by a lion. And then that whole lion scene is all super weird as well. So how is that, you know, how do we kind of see God's fairness in all of this? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question because um, there are a lot of people who do bad things in this chapter. And it almost seems like what he did was, seems at least to us, to be one of the less bad things. Like the older prophet deceived him and like purposefully tried to get him to disobey God. Um, then there was Jeroboam who's like worshiping at a pagan altar and creating a religion that is going to take out the whole nation eventually. And um, yeah, you wonder why this guy like um, and, and clearly the issue with this guy is that God spoke to him clearly and unequivocally. There was no question about what this man was supposed to do. And I would say the answer to the question of fairness gets to a point of that when God's judgment comes, we see this, for example, in, in Romans chapter one, when God's judgment against sinners is more severe, the more knowledge the person has. Right. And so the more light you've received, the more accountable you are to deal with that. And that that's a really important thing. Um, Mark's gospel. Jesus talks about that same thing. Right. To whom much is given, much is required. And that that applies to knowing things about God. Right. So the more revelation you've received, the more light you've received, the more accountable you are. And that should be a heavy thing for us to think about. You know, I think about people who've been going to church for a long time, people who know a lot of things. Um, just, you know, I, I don't mean to scare anybody or anything. It's just that we will be held more accountable. This is why James says that those who presume to be teachers, like you will be held to a stricter judgment. Peter, in his epistle, 1 Peter, he says that judgment will begin with the household of God. It's this idea that when God starts cleaning house, so to say, he starts at home and uh, judgment starts there with the, the household of God. Uh, we're held more accountable who have received more light. And therefore, this prophet, it seems that that's the issue here, that he had received a direct word from God. He should have known better, and yet he didn't. And, um, you know, it seems that he's received more light than Jeroboam. 
and perhaps more than this other prophet. And so he's held accountable. The other thing I would say in this is this mercy is not something that is owed to anybody. I think this is where a lot of people can sometimes get off track with, with God is to say, they'll see Ananias and Sapphira in uh, Acts chapter five, they lie to the Holy spirit and they're struck dead right on the spot. Well, lots of people lie. This guy in the story, he lied. Why doesn't he get struck dead on the spot? Here's the issue that when God doesn't give judgment in the moment when it's delayed or, um, et cetera, that is a form of mercy, right? So judgment is getting exactly what you deserve. Mercy is not getting the punishment or judgment that you deserve. And grace is getting something you don't deserve. So when God shows mercy, understand mercy is not deserved. And none, God doesn't owe it to anyone to give mercy. So when he does, it's, it's good, it's glorious, it's great. And when he doesn't, it is absolutely his prerogative to give it or withhold it whenever he sees fit. Yeah, no, and it definitely brings to, you know, brings to mind how important it is the word of God and for us to, even as Bible teachers, to say what God says, you know, and not not sway from that. That's the importance of that. He's given us his word. We are not to change it. And, you know, and you make mention of that in your in your sermon as well. And, and maybe you had a few thoughts also and you touched on, you know, uh, false worship versus true worship, the two aspects, one being, uh, you know, true worship being truth and surrender and false worship being, you know, um, self-centeredness and, and I can't remember the other one, but, um, you know, wanted to expound on that a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one thing that really came to mind as I was studying John chapter four and what it says there about Jesus, uh, talking about worshiping in spirit and truth, and then comparing that with the false worship of Jeroboam. It just seems that, um, true worship is characterized by worshiping God in truth. And also it's characterized by surrender, surrendering to God, where you're no longer trying to be in control. Uh, you're not That's trying being to, in control, yeah. and you're not trying to use God to manipulate him, to do things for you. Rather, you're surrendering to him for who he is. I think that is the essence of true worship. Yeah, no, and and it's so good to know that that the one that we worship is compassionate towards us as well. And I think that phrase and leave it with our listeners and and viewers is that you know do you view God as beautiful or just as useful, you know? And I think that definitely will define your how you worship and and maybe that's a question you should be asking yourself is you know just do you view god as useful primarily or as beautiful and i think you know if you can answer that question in an honest way it will definitely define how you view worshiping the lord where you fit in that surrender truth character uh, category versus versus wanting to need to have control over over everything and so yeah if you again if you missed the uh, missed the sermon whitefieldschurch.com we're in first kings chapter 13 desiring the kingdom and again you know if you would uh, kindly subscri uh, subscribe and like and pass on and share and do all those things uh, you can download the video here and you can subscribe right here and we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless. Mm -hmm.